One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Don't Blame Me, where we, Megan and Melissa, give you wonderful, amazing, life-changing advice, and you will be like, how did I live my life before their sage wisdom entered into my orbit? And to that, I say, recklessly, and probably not that well. Have you been <laughs> Have you been watching... Hold on. What's her name? Do, 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 do. That's definitely copyrighted. I mean, you weren't hitting the right note, so I don't think that... I think you were fine. It wasn't slander. You were trying to do the Jeopardy thing, right? No, I know. I was saying you saying I wasn't hitting the right notes with slander. (laughs) I know, and I'm saying that it's not when I'm just letting you know that it was wrong. It's true, it's true, it's true. Grace Shonda Lockhart. R-A-Y, Shonda? R-A-E. S-H-A-N-D-A. Well, she has these videos where she sits down and she has like this uh, board that she put up where she, she'll she sit down and, and say something like, you may not be in the NBA, but you stay dunking on us. And to that, I say, thank you. And you just said to that, I say. So I was like, did you get that from her? Uh, no, we're just kindred spirits in this. Yeah, you're both Leos. You're oh yeah. I love it. I'm I'm in good company. Anyway. Well. So what is this show, Megan? This show is an advice show where you, our dear listeners, call in with the predicaments, the problems happening in your life, and you reach out to us, two people who are incredibly wisdomous, intelligent, smart. Wisdomous. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wise. And yeah, I guess you could 
some might say it's wise. <laughs> and we give you life-changing advice. And if it changes your life for the better, wonderful. And if it changes your life for the worse, sometimes that could be wonderful. But also you can't blame us because that's in the title of the show. Mm-hmm. It is. Don't blame me. Technically, it's us at this point. So Yeah, but... Depending on what each of us say. Exactly. We're not we don't we're not always aligned. We're aligned about ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Probably higher than that, but probably. Who's counting? So how do people participate? That is a really good question. I'm glad you brought that up. You can call in and leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. You have three minutes. Start the clocks. Three minutes. And so you don't get stressed out, which you still might get stressed out. We recommend and kind of demand you to practice. Pull out a timer on your phone and write everything down that you want to say. All the important details. You have to be 18 or over. So, you know, include your age. If it's about a relationship, include the other person's age, how long you've been together or friendship or whatever it is. Give us the important juicy deets that we would need to give you the most accurate advice so the better the information the better the call the better the advice that we can give and then record it just read it out loud perform it and then you might hear your voice on this podcast and let us know if you're sensitive and also um remember the timer does not start into the beep you have time you have a little bit more time than you think you do the party don't so start count from the beep. exactly wait for the bass drop And that's when the timer starts. (laughs) Now we're going to go into an update. Woo! Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling in to give an update for the April 10th episode titled, Is This Racist? I was the first caller asking for advice on an upcoming trip with my friend who I suspected had an alcohol problem. First, I hope it boosts your ego to know that my therapist gave me nearly the exact same advice. Um, But unfortunately, the trip went very poorly. You were correct in assuming that Amy was downplaying the severity of her condition. Madison and I found out the week of the trip that Amy was not only heavily drinking, but she had also been using cocaine daily, and she had not been taking her bipolar medication, although I assume it wouldn't have been effective anyway. Um, We found all of this information out when Amy was escorted by police to a medical center after an an event-filled night where Amy had been kicked out of a restaurant for accidentally assaulting a server in an attempt to actually assault her ex's new partner, wrecking her vehicle, and then miraculously making it home only to have the cops called on her after a verbal altercation led to two of her relatives jumping her and fracturing her facial bones. She was placed on hold and was released to us because she couldn't go home due to a protection order being filed due to the relatives involved being minors. She was released the day before we were scheduled to leave for the concert, We consider not going at all, but every medical professional we spoke to advised us to go so that we we remained consistent in her plans and so that there would not be any shame centered around her feeling as if her condition was not allowing us to go. So we went. Before we left, Amy verbalized that she wanted to go to rehab when we returned. Madison and I took this as her wanting us to keep her accountable, and we tried. But by day two of the trip, Amy became very resentful towards us. We had a very bad night before the concert. I don't have time to share everything, but to summarize, despite different strategies and many attempts to keep Amy sober that night, she became verbally abusive, found someone where we were staying that provided her with both alcohol and cocaine, and didn't return to our shared room until 4 a.m. It was a very bad night, but the rest of the trip went fine, and it seemed that we were back on track to follow her plan of going to rehab when we returned. However, when we got back, after I had to drive hours back home, I received many messages from Amy saying very hateful things, and then she blocked us both. Um, so, yeah, that that is the update. I can tell you that she has not gone to rehab. I've gone through every emotion you can, including none, but I'm still worried about her, and I feel guilty about not trying to get in contact with her, not doing more, despite her blocking me being a pretty clear indication that she doesn't want me involved. I don't have to be her friend anymore if that's what she wants, even if she wants a different lifestyle than me. This is dangerous behavior and i hope that she gets help i'm not sure what to do i feel for anyone going through anything similar on either side so yeah that's that's it i'm sorry why are you apologizing to us oh yeah but wait why did she get jumped i don't know i don't know because 
it was I, it, there was a lot going on that night. So she tried to jump her ex's new partner and then at a restaurant, but then mm-hmm. accidentally hit the server that was there. And then her underage relatives jumped her and broke her broke a bone in her face. Like what happened? Like how did that? Happen? She must have done something. I mean. I I just, I yeah, that makes me wonder about the lack of support from family. If I can't imagine anyone, an adult, letting their kid, do you know what I mean? Like that's so. I'm like that yeah. seems to me like kids out on their own doing something. But and it then could have not- been something where they're like 17 and they were at home, and then she came in acting erratically. Oh, okay. In and my then, mind, they came to the restaurant. No, okay. she. They said okay. they said that the caller said that she drove home or something. She drove. There was some driving in between there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And I'm also like, I would never ever encourage someone to be like, like a fifty one fifty is traumatizing for the person who it happens to, and like the people in their life, and it can do a lot more harm than good. Um, and it seems like she's. Go, like ha- medical professionals and like a therapy and all of that kind of stuff but I know a lot I know adults and like parents like once like your kids an adult there's only so much you can do and only so much leverage that you have but for so much of it to be put on friends of like continue going to this con like and I don't doubt that but like the fact that that was a the, lot the medical pro- like professionals would then tell the friends that like this is what you should you should do like to me that sounds like something a parent would say like are we talk to the th- like the fact that you're in contact with these that which is again fine and I think like if friends want to have support from have their friends like help them and know what they're going through and be a part of communications with their team but that to me is just a you have to put your again put your mask on before help, assisting someone else and mm-hmm. like that puts you guys in in a situation where like you could have been in physical harm and like you also can't really protect that person. Like you're supposed to have things remaining normal. And it's like, well, right now, like the the normal that we're experiencing is like so chaotic and like really hard for all of us. Especially when you're leaving the place that you are, like you went on a trip and stayed in a hotel and going to a festival where there's a lot of drugs and alcohol, like, you know, there's going to be, and if Those you lost things. and then she her. and then she found and she found it easily. Yeah, but I even mean that like if you're in your hometown and like you're staying at your apartment in your home and stuff like if you go missing, it's there are places we're immediately going to check. We're mm-hmm. familiar with the location and all of that. It just seems like that's such like a high anxiety time right. from the time that you got there. This is really rough, and I'm sorry that this ended up being you were stressed out and overwhelmed before all of this. And it ended up being a lot worse than anticipated. You're in, I'm pretty sure they're in their twenties, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I'm not bipolar, but I have like friends and family members who are bipolar or have also other mental health things that, um, personality stuff that doesn't happen until your 20s like or things that are like onset or diagnosis or treatment plans and things like that and one of the biggest things that I think is so hard is you can't really be diagnosed with certain personality and behavioral diagnoses until you're over the age of 18 and Mm -hmm. that can be really beneficial and I think there's a lot of good reasons why that's there because adolescents like we shouldn't just be taking typical adolescent emotions as issues and then being like, okay, this is a diagnostic criteria. Now we're medicating you. But there's a lot of there. It's a long learning curve of like medication, like medicating in the dosage and all of those things. And then to have it be thrust upon someone who is not, doesn't have parents involved. This is how we end up getting really, I think like unjust conservatorship and it's really hard. And I, there's a lot of content creators on TikTok 
and podcasters and people who have talked about like having bipolar and that their early 20s is a time of like figuring mm-hmm. a lot of figuring stuff out. So I don't think that you saying that like you wish there was like more you, you could do. Do you can only help someone as much as they allow that. And right. And especially if they're blocking you. Yeah. There's really not much else you can do. Yeah. And I think just knowing that you like care and caring from a distance, even if you're not able to like verbally tell someone that when someone else blocks you, they can, at least for me in that instance, like when I remove someone else from my life, like I don't think that that means that that person doesn't care about me anymore. And so they've taken those actions. And so caring and like wanting the best from for someone from afar is not nothing. Like that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a good thing to do and keeping your peace and knowing that this kind of stuff is an ebb and flow and that hopefully she will get the help that she needs, but there's nothing you can really do, which is a really unfortunate position to be in. Right. That's really, really rough. And I think you and your other friend need, (laughs) you need a vacation. Like you need like a spa weekend away. The two, like, you know, something to decompress because spending that much, (laughs) spending money, you know what I mean? Like on a trip, like there's all the pressure for it to be fun. And then knowing going into it, like, I don't think this is going to be good. And then it being worse than you think it's even going to be is such a disappointment. So if it's possible to take another trip when you can save up money. Yeah, just something for y'all, you two to do together because you unfortunately are trauma bonded through this. So, Mm. all right, well, we're going to take a break. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. 
This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. All right, well, we're back from our break, and let's get into the first call. Woo! Hey, Megan and Melissa. I, 22 female, am having problems with my 19-year-old female sister. She used to live in my boyfriend's mom's house with me and his younger brothers. Throughout that time, she's burned bridges with all the other people in this house due to her actions. We've also had many fights over the last couple of years, some ending in us not talking for a while, but we always had to make up due to us both working for my dad part-time. My question is, how do I rebuild my relationship with her when she's done so many things to hurt me? Our mother was very narcissistic, and that caused a lot of long-lasting trauma for me. Lately, she's been showing some of the same behavior that my mother used to do to manipulate us. Being super nice to the point where it seemed fake, but then if I said no to her about something, she'd do a 180 and be super mean. She'll try to make me feel bad about hanging out with my boyfriend, even though he travels for work, so I like to spend as much time with him as I can when he's home. She asked me to buy stuff for her and guilt trip me if I say no or if I can't. If we make tentative plans and then something comes up and I have to cancel or reschedule, she acts like I hate her and don't want to spend any time with her at all. Another thing that really made me mad is my boyfriend was addicted to painkillers for eight years, but got clean and stayed clean when we started dating. And during our last fight, she called him an addict. It really hurt my feelings because she's always hung out with us and seemed to get along super well with him. 
And to just reduce the whole person down to that word is just so low. I'm just not sure what to do. I don't let people in my life treat me this way, and it seems like a cop-out that I should just let it go because it's my sister. I love her, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to start my career and build a life with my partner, so what am I supposed to do? I'm not contact with my mom for the same reason as the guilt-tripping and constant roller coaster. I love being okay and not being okay, just when it's convenient for her. I love you guys on the podcast so much. And I called in once before, but it didn't get aired. So I really hope you guys can give me some advice. Thank you. Do you feel like this is the other point of view from the other girl who called in who wanted a relationship with her older sister, but her older sister had a poor relationship with her mother? Could be. Because I'm just saying the age difference, that that would check out of both of them like listening to the podcast. Um, so even if that's not the But they case, didn't live together. Oh, that's true. I was gonna say, even that uh, that's not the, that's not the same people. But I would also listen to that call from kind of like the other perspective. Mm-hmm. Like we we were essentially in that call giving someone who would have been your sister in this situation the advice on her wanting to mend that relationship. You know, I think like wanting to have a relationship with someone is really different than taking the relationship that you can have with that person. So I think like the in theory, the idea of having a relationship with your sister and to me and to you, the all of these behaviors are like very clearly wrong and like obvious and like not okay. And so to assume, assumedly like that she should just stop these and then you can have like a good relationship there. But unless she wants to do that, she's not like going to, like she has to ha- take that incentive and we can have an idea of what we want these relationships to look like and how when you do get along and how everything's great and you're like I wish I could just be like this all the time um but people aren't one-dimensional like that like all the good parts you see of someone are just as I mean maybe not just as prevalent all the time but they're just as legitimate as all the bad parts of them and that relationship and it's hard to take both and I think with any relationship we take the good and the bad with everyone but sometimes like the bad is like really fucking bad and it's not worth it for someone who's not trying to work on that behavior and at 19 I think I don't think that right now you have to decide am I never gonna have a relationship with my sister again at 22 and 19 it can be like you know what this is what I need from you I really don't like these behaviors like it's really not okay with me like I don't tolerate this these are my boundaries and if she can't meet you there then it's a step back but that's the thing with like family is it doesn't have to be definitive and and always constant a forever sort of thing but I think if you push a relationship and you just let her continue to hurt you and hurt you and hurt you and you resent her more and more and more you're going to explode and then that will create a larger bridge I mean not bridge it'll create like a, a, a larger issue between the two of you and more space and distance between the two of you yeah, I agree with everything Megan said. And then also, why why do you want slash need to have a relationship with her? Because you said that like you have you cut your your no contact with your mom for the same reasons that your sister's acting, and it's and you said you shouldn't want to have a relationship with her just because she's your sister. I would ask myself this: like, why is this important to me? Is it because y'all? work together and you're like I have we need to have a relationship because we see each other every day or is it more so like I I feel like I need to have a relationship with her because she's my sister and I I do love her but despite loving her like this is just tumultuous so I just think that the biggest question to ask is why and if you go no no contact with her for a minute you know you can be cordial at work but then when you like that's it like y'all have like a cordial relationship with work what does that look like yeah yeah because when people are so close to us they we're giving them the ability to hurt us even further Mm -hmm. and you can create boundaries and still have a relationship with someone and that's yeah cordial professional surface level and they just the other side just has to respect those boundaries and in a workplace that actually is a lot better of a place to establish right boundaries because someone you do have another you have a bigger thing you have to adhere to which is like your work and the job that you have to do but yeah that's it's unfortunate and 
not all narcissists come out of nowhere. So like there can be a thing of like, you know, there are horrible people who then raise shitty people who then raise shitty people who then raise like it's that's like the cycle of abuse there. And so I think you recognizing some seeing some things in your mom that you're seeing in your sister that might not be who she is like she might not be destined to become exactly like your mom, but it's going to trigger you in that same way. And that's not uh, beneficial for for you, nor if you want to have a relationship with her moving forward. Like if someone's reminding you of someone who like has treated you horribly that you literally went no contact with, that's like, a okay, I immediately need some distance here because otherwise the way I deal with these relationships is no contact. And like, if you don't want to get there Mm -hmm. at this point, you have to set up boundaries that are kind of like yellow cones to like small things of like, I don't want to get there yet. So I would like to set up these things beforehand. So I don't just wait for it to eventually blow up. Right. Right. And it doesn't, your relationship with her doesn't have to necessarily look like, like what an ideal sister relationship look like, looks like Mm -hmm. it could be, you know, we work together and I will can do and let her in for X, Y, and Z, but she can't be a part of this part of my life. Yeah. All right. Next call. Yes. Hi, Melissa and Megan. I just called because I thought I ran out of time, but I actually didn't. So I'm calling again. I'm looking for some advice on dealing with a friendship breakup involving a friend group. The people involved are me, Mary, Nina, and Emma, and we are all women in early 20s slash early 30s who she, her pronouns. Those are fake names. About two months ago, Mary initiated a friend breakup by telling me that she thinks I'm a bad friend and doesn't want to be friends anymore. This came incredibly out of the blue as I had literally just gotten home from being with her at Emma's wedding dress fitting when she called me. I was very hurt as she said she had been feeling like this for multiple years, yet she had never said anything before, so I had no idea she was feeling that way. We had never even had a serious fight before this. The examples she gave for why I'm a bad friend are just untrue in my opinion, and upon reflection might have been her projecting a bit. I would have loved to talk it out, but Mary made it clear she did not want to be friends anymore, so I have not talked to her since and will not be reaching out. This call is more for advice on the aftermath. During the call, Mary said that she was quote-unquote not the only person who felt that way. Emma and Nina are our only mutual friends, and I have a pretty sneaking suspicion that Nina was actually next to Mary during this phone call as Mary and Nina left the bridal shop together. Also, during the dress fitting, they both were acting weird, and I felt like the vibes were off. In the moment, I talked it up to my anxiety, but obviously after the call, it seems like Nina knew about Mary's plan. I wasn't sure whether I should reach out to Emma or Nina, as I feel like they were more Mary's friends than mine as I met them through Mary, and I wasn't as close with them. Right after this happened, I lost my job and started dealing with worsening health issues, so I didn't reach out to either of them for a month. Neither of them had reached out to me either, but I knew Emma was moving out of state, and she seemed to be the person most removed from the situation. So I did reach out to her to wish her luck on her move and ask to see her before she left. She said that she was actually sick, but otherwise would have loved to meet up. I didn't bring up Mary, so I have no idea if she was actually sick or just avoiding me because of Mary. As a cherry on top, we had all already made plans and bought tickets to see a concert together in a few months. These concert tickets were very hard to get, and I did all the planning and coordination to get them in the first place. Now, we're all seated together, and I know it's going to be awkward, at least for me. If they're all friends, then I will just be the odd one out, and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Selling mine for another seat isn't really an option, as I would be paying at least double, which I can't really afford. Also, it feels really unfair that I'd be the one to do all this maneuvering when I did all the work for this concert in the first place. Should I try to reach out again? Should I just give up and not go? I'm not sure. Also, I would love some advice on how do I move forward in friendships. This situation with Mary has really made me sick second-guess all my interactions. Like, I feel like maybe I'm secretly interacting in social settings badly or something for other people to feel like I'm a bad friend or like bad in social situations because I really didn't see what happened with Mary coming. So I would just like some advice on that or any thoughts. Thanks guys. I think I really am out of time. Bye. If these are Taylor Swift tickets, you go, you go. If these are Taylor Swift tickets, unless you don't, no, no, I was about to say, (laughs) If they're, I was like, if they're Taylor Swift tickets and you love Taylor Swift, you go. If they're Beyonce tickets and you love Beyonce, you go. If you have any ounce of pettiness in you and you know that you'll still have a good time, even if you're not like the biggest fan, but you're like, they, they are going to want me to like not go. And like, I want to be able to like fucking stick it to them. Then go. If you are lukewarm 
on either of those artists and or you know that you will have an absolutely miserable time, sell those tickets. Sell your ticket and like get money from it. But don't let them stand in the way from that. This is difficult. Yeah. This is hard. I guess my first question would be like, you said that the examples that Mary gave didn't really hold any merit to you and felt like a little bit like she was projecting. I would ask yourself, like, do you have issues with these friends? Like, have you, do you have, can you see their faults? Like, do you see the things that you don't like about them? Because, yes, I would feel the exact same way, like second guessing like all of my actions. But for the people who like, they've ended a friendship with, with, with me, I once, once I like got over the whole like, wow, I'm like so blindsided and like up and, and upset. I started to like kind of look and I'm like, okay, I really don't like a lot of things about these people. And so them not liking me also would make sense because we don't fucking mesh, but it can be a lot of circumstance friendships. And I find this happens a lot with like roommates where you have kind of taken their faults and the things you don't like about them as just like a whatever, not that big of a deal to me. I can kind of look past it. But then when other people can't do that to you, it can feel like, oh God, like this is like the biggest betrayal ever. And like they were, I like loved them. They're like such great people and all of that. And you start to romanticize them. So I would first like ask yourself, like, what are their faults? Like, what things do you not like about them as people? Because I'm going to tell you right now, calling someone after you literally just saw them at a wedding dress fitting, which I'm assuming that means you're both going to be attending this person's wedding. And then calling you bridesmaids. Yeah. And then calling you while you have a pretty clear indication that someone else is also there. To me, I'm like, that's not a good, that's not a good thing to do. Like, that's not something that emotionally regulated and well-adjusted people do when they would like to end a friendship. And that's some from someone who like ghosts. (laughs) Like that's like, I'm saying that like that's not okay. So to me, that's like a red flag in a person there but i do think that there are things that like i've looked on with like friendships have ended where i'm like yeah the other people were without a doubt the majority at fault there but i'm still gonna learn from things of like that i did that i wish i had like handled differently but i think the fact that they don't even want to talk to you i just don't believe that there's that you did something so absolutely horrific that they're like, I can't even speak to you. Like I'm going like completely no con and you would have no idea. Do you know what I mean? Like that to me just doesn't add up. Like I think when you go, I'm not even going to tell them, like I'm not going to really, I'm not going to like give an opportunity to like kind of grow from this or like anything. It's going to be no warning. It's going to be all of that. To me is usually like an event occurred or something happened that was awful and there's no coming back from it. It's irredeemable. And you would know. Do you know what I mean? Like you would have known that that had happened. I don't know. And I'm, and the reason I say this is because listen later this week too, but uh, am I wrong? Because I actually am going to talk about a sim- a situation, but it's very similar to this where um, about ending a friendship. But I found it interesting that you, the caller, you said that I'm not even specifically close to like after all this has happened, you're like, well, I'm not even that close to her. I'm, I don't, I'm not, she's not really somebody that I'm closer to the other people than I am than with her. So is she even actually like your friend? And I would love, this is one thing is like, I I would love to have specific examples so that we can hear like what you don't think it's a big deal. And you feel like she's projecting, but to her, it was a big deal or else she wouldn't have been ending the friendship. So like, what, what was it? What was mm-hmm. it? Cause I've got specific examples that I'll be sharing later um, <laughs> on Thursday, but like, and if, if you weren't really that close to her anyway, and you're, and you didn't really, you were like, she's kind of like Megan said, was she just like a friend of circumstance and she was just there and maybe she saw you as more or are you just saying that now because she's ended the friendship? So I I have open-ended questions. As far as the concert, I say go. 
you coordinated all this, you put in your time and effort. It, you wouldn't have put in time and effort if it wasn't something that you wouldn't have wanted to go to. So I say go enjoy the artists. You don't like if you're having a great time at a concert, really who you're with doesn't really matter unless they're just being an asshole towards you. But if you just go to enjoy yourself and just hi, hello, that's it, then just go. Yeah. So I would say like, if you know, you're going to have an absolutely horrible time and like your gut is telling you don't go, don't go. Because like, that was like my junior prom. My date got expelled like the weekend before prom or suspended. And I was like, I don't want to go. Like, this is going to be, this is going to really suck. It's going to be horrible. And everybody like convinced, they're like, no, like, come on, you're going to regret it. And I was miserable and I knew I was going to be miserable. And because I went in with that, like, I knew I was going to be miserable. I was listening to other people, but I wasn't actually taking it in. So Mm -hmm. going and thinking that like, you have to do the work to know that you're going to enjoy it beforehand. And what I would do is I would get there early as fuck. And I would talk to the people on the other side of you and like be on the end, talk to the people on the other side of you or behind you or in front of you, be like, hey, heads up. Like I bought these tickets months ago and I like with a group of friends, like I'm not friends with them anymore. And like, I just like want to know if I can like vibe out with you guys for like a bit. And like, I won't like impede on your space or anything like that. But like, I just, and if it, someone said that to me at a concert or like a, like a sports game, I would be like, oh my God, without a doubt, I will talk to you or, you know, like just suss out the vibe and like make sure that like, you know, that you have like a friendly face and someone you can like turn and be like, oh my God, I love this song. So I think, especially if that's a Beyonce or Taylor Swift concert, like you are going to find fans who are wanting to share the experience of seeing uh, their favorite performer live. Like it's a fan, it's a, it's a really, it's a fan fan experience. Um, so I'm hoping it's not something where you're just, you know, sitting in chairs and it's, and it's not bad. And like, no, but I mean, I guess if no one's talking to you, you don't have to talk to them either. But yeah, that's a good point that the examples would, would be helpful because it could have, yeah, it could be something that is bigger and that maybe you didn't pick up that they wanted you to like adjust the behavior. But I guess my question would be to all of it, like, why would you be invited to go try on wedding dresses? You know, like that felt like time, it felt like really mean specific timing unless the event that occurred happened when you were trying on wedding dresses. Which could have been. Yeah. So, but we don't know. We can only go off what we don't, what we know. Yeah. It's confusing. So it's rough, but I would say the moving forward with it, I think not reaching out is a totally valid thing. But I also think if you need some like more clarity or you are like really like, I'm just second guessing all of my actions. And like, if there are parts of you that are like, no, this might, this doesn't feel totally out of the blue. And like, they were really like good, nice people. And this felt very out of character for them. And I've known them for like a long, I I think like it's uncomfortable, but to follow up and like text them and just be like, Hey, you don't have to respond to this. But like, I've been doing a lot of like reflecting and I really feel like I'm, I, I'm like missing some things that, in how this friendship like ended and some of those actions, like if you could like send me any additional like moments or instances that like stuff happened or went down, they might not respond to that. But I think the moving on from this and like the second guessing all of your actions and like how you behave in social situations, that's something that happens a lot when you get ghosted from a date. Like you get, you know, you you end a friendship. Like it's it's a it's a very normal uh, and common reaction that we have after that, but there you, you, it's, it's the practice of working on it and like the practice of having other social interactions with other people. And, you know, is your picker off with like these, with friends, like, are there, do you really like them? Like Melissa said, like, were you really that close? Like what was the agency that you held in that relationship? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think this can be as much as like, I don't think from what you've told us, I don't know. I, I don't, to me, like from their actions, unless you did something absolutely horrific, I don't think they went about this in a way that was very kind. But I don't think that even those instances where you're not uh, obviously at fault, I still think we can like learn from those things. Mm-hmm. The phone call afterwards with someone else on the lot, to me, that's middle school shit. Like she thinks that they she was like next to her because they left together. 
Well, yeah, they're just definitely. Yeah. I think when I share my story later, you might be like, oh. No, yeah. I think that there's so many instances where it could be that, but without examples. Yeah. That's it's, it's hard because I'm like, I don't think that they were being intentionally nice, but also sometimes I'm not intentionally nice. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, it could have been something where like the caller was doing something like it's been building up, building up and then yeah. like did something at the, the um, dress fitting. And they're like, we don't want to handle it here, but like we're over it. And you know, it's time to tell her we're not going to ruin it in front of the bride, but yeah, there's sometimes where I can go out of my way to be mean, but there are other times when I have to go out of my way to be nice in a situation. And like, mm-hmm. sometimes like that's what those things call for. And it's hard to know without the examples. The details, yep. All right, well, we're going to take a break. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. We're back and time for the next call. Hey, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling in about a situation with my boyfriend's family. I'm 22 and so is my boyfriend. We have been together for almost three years. 
And throughout our relationship, there's been a lot of strife between my boyfriend and his family, as well as his family and me. Long story short, my boyfriend no longer communicates with his dad or stepmom or anyone else on that side of the family. They are very emotionally abusive and manipulative, which I knew from the start of our relationship. No matter what my boyfriend did, he was always wrong and called disrespectful and inconsiderate. I may be biased, but I never saw either of these qualities in him to this day. Fast forward to now, like I said, he no longer communicates with them and is seen as an outcast in the family. It seems as though they blame him for blame me for his decision to not talk to them anymore, but all I've done is support his decision. I've never told him what to do one way or the other because I would not want him to make that decision for me. For example, tonight was his stepbrother's graduation and my boyfriend was very nervous that he was going to see his dad and stepmom's family at the graduation. He's been telling me for weeks that he wanted me to come as his emotional support, but then they only gave him one ticket. So we decided to try anyway, and we were both able to get in, but his sister expressed to us that the family was very unhappy that I was there, and they even said that I was going to ruin the night for the graduates. I'm serious when I say that I've never done anything to this family, and I can't figure out why they act like they hate me so much. How do I cope with this? Is there something that I should do, or should I just let them be? Do you think I should support whatever decision my boyfriend makes regarding his family, or should I guide him to talk to them again? I feel really guilty sometimes, even though I know that I did not tell him to do this. It's not you. They're just looking to place blame on somebody and you happen to be the person in his life that is not related to him that he is with. And so they're blaming you because you're there and not their relative. That's really all it is. And so if he doesn't want to communicate, then like, he has to know that like when he goes into certain situations where he does have to communicate that he's going to be met with resistance like this. And then you coming when you weren't invited and finagled your way into this, that was something that they weren't ready for. And so they're going to, again, continue to blame you because you're the person that's there to blame. So I don't, I think all you can do is just, if this is what he wants is have like limited uh, communication with them in certain situations, then I think that you just have to accept what your role is in this and just know that they're not going to like you. And as much as that may hurt you, it's not about you. It's just so that they have a finger to point. And so you just kind of have to accept it. Yeah, no, you're all of that. It's spot on. Like you're the scapegoat and they act like they hate you because they hate you because it's more socially acceptable to hate their son's girlfriend than it is to hate their son. So they hate him, but they... They hate his decision. But when you control someone, you don't like someone that you want to control. Like you don't respect that person. Like you want to use that person as not, not having any agency in their own life. Like wanting to control someone is not a positive kind of relationship and there's so much idea of like what family is and so to them they want to do whatever they can to and that's why you weren't invited that I'm sure there are other things where they won't want you there they want to create a wedge between the two of you so then they can paint you to be evil and then he will sudden decide to break up with you and then he will be back with them And Mm -hmm. that's not the case. And like, that's not what's going to happen, but it's textbook. Like it has absolutely nothing to do with you. You should not encourage him to do anything he doesn't want to do. Like you should just be a sounding board. And as you've said, like they're awful to him. And beyond just being a sounding board, it's important to be like, no, you, they're fucked up. You are not wrong. Like it's not just, well, whatever you want to do. Like you're not a therapist. It doesn't have to just be any of that. Like you can have strong opinions on how other people treat the people that you care about and you should let them know. If someone's treating someone that you love poorly, you don't have to remain neutral on that subject. Um, Especially because like for parents and things like that, 
assumed, I mean, I don't know what, what, when his stepmom was in his life, but like when you don't know any different and like, these are how the adults have raised you, like it's like deprogramming. So you, if you have a healthy relationship with family or you've processed your own things and you're able to see it from a wider perspective, like you should absolutely share how, how, how you feel. And I think you're doing everything, absolutely everything right. Um, I think it was a fucking power move to still go to the graduation and like finagle your way in there. And like, that's the support system that like, that's an incredible support system. And I'm sure like he feels so comforted by you in that fact. Cause to me, attending something that like he, the risk of seeing someone who you've got no contact with, where it's a really toxic, like abusive relationship, he felt strong enough in that moment to be able to go there knowing that you were there with him. And the strength of that relationship is something that his family, they're threatened by and they're envious of. And to them, when bad people see other people close like that, they assume that they have to be being manipulated because that's the only way that they would treat that person. So like when they're manipulating their kid, then they have to assume that like, oh no, he cut us off and you're close with him. So therefore you must be the one manipulating him now. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. that's not how that works. But it seems like from what you've said, like you've been together three years, you've seen like the family dynamics and relationship and stuff. So I'm going to assume the no contact thing has been relatively recent or within the last maybe two years or something like that, or could even be like two and a half years. It's a very like long process of processing all of this and like how you go about all of your other relationships, like those relationships moving forward and like where those boundaries are currently can change and like what they are comfortable with and what they want to do. So I think you keep doing what you're doing and like keep the lines of communication open with your partner like the whole time and know that this is just how these people are. If you don't believe the things that they say about your your boyfriend or you don't trust them as they're not someone you would call in an emergency. Like they're not people you would console. Like they're not people who you would go to when you're going through a hard time. Then you can't give what they say merit in, in, in only specific instances. Like either they get it or they don't. And they don't get to be wrong about everything and then write about you. Mm-hmm. But this is unfortunate, but I'm really happy for your um, boyfriend that he has you and it's it's tough but it will always it constantly will get easier for both of you all right next call hi Megan and melissa this is my second time calling so ignore my first message i am a longtime listener first time caller and i would love to hear your advice on not getting along with your best friend's boyfriend so my best friend let's call her sarah 23 years old started dating her boyfriend, Mason, 29, just about a year ago. Sarah and Mason met through Instagram, but had some mutual friends. After going through his Instagram, Sarah was able to see that he had previously been married, but at the time didn't think anything of it. Upon meeting him on their first date, she found out he was in fact still married, but had already filed for divorce. Although I found this to be a huge red flag, it was not my boyfriend, so I didn't have to be concerned with accepting this information. Sarah and Mason continued dating and became official a few months later. At this point, his divorce had been finalized. Mason is a perfectly fine guy. He's treated Sarah right in all the ways a best friend would hope for, but he simply is nothing special. When hanging out in a group setting, he's pretty boring, often can be rude, perhaps unintentionally if I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But an example of this would be he pretty much made fun of my boyfriend for not making as much money at his job as he did. They work in similar fields. So just little comments like that tends to just belittle people and be overall rude. With all that being said, Sarah is in love with him and plans to be with him forever at this point. Of course, we never know what's going to happen, but she's pretty set on being with him long term. I don't really know what to do about maintaining our extremely close friendship we were best friends all throughout college and still are best friends obviously um i never really want to hang out with her boyfriend pretty much ever um and it's difficult to plan things just the two of us since we both have boyfriends and are in relationships she always makes hanging out a double date kind of situation for the record my boyfriend also strongly dislikes mason 
So, yeah, any advice with this on this would be great. I love you guys so much. Bye. I want to say, so I started off being like, the divorcing is not a red flag to me because he, finding out that he was married from his Instagram, I don't know how you do that. If they're like wedding pictures, I personally would delete those but like some people keep them up like okay this they just, may be tagged in them and don't realize that like yeah the like tag stuff is there to me like how people put, portray themselves or like how they go about breakups or relationships on social media like it's so varied like i don't think either one is right or wrong but i would say like on the first date finding out like the divorce isn't finalized like we filed for it like i think that's a green flag that like you didn't have to find that out like offering that information on a first date i think is important and again like bright green fantastic flag yeah and i have plenty of friends that have been going through divorces years. for years and they 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 in their minds they are divorced and have been divorced for years but it's just like the divorce takes so freaking long to 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 happen so it's like yeah we're technically still married but not really <laughs> Yeah. And usually like 99% of the time, if a divorce is taking a long time, that's because it's not going well. <laughs> like mm -hmm. That's like, there's a lot of fighting back and forth. There's a lot of like, anima like it's not uh, a positive like experience. Like you, if your divorce is taking you years, very uh, in seldomly are you ending on good terms and you're close right. friends. Yeah. So I mean, you did undersell when you were like, he's like, you know, like he he's everything like, you know, he's everything you want, like your friend's boyfriend to be like, he, he, I'm so like, good for her, like, you know, and I think he's just a little bit rude and unintentionally. And then you say like, he made fun of my boyfriend for not making as much money as him in their same field. And my boyfriend also hates him. And he just kind of belittles everyone and is rude. And I'm like, Hold on. Like, that's a lot that's a lot like, that's so a i guess really he treats bad. her well but doesn't treat <laughs> anyone else well like he's a bad person to everyone except her like no no like no like that's like you're underselling this like he's like low-key high he sucks and the fact that your boyfriend also didn't like because i was like some people and their personalities like if your boyfriend was like no that's just like how we talk like we're bros but he didn't like him either like so to me i'm like yeah okay no, no, no. I would wonder, like, what was her reaction to him saying that? Like, did she overhear it? Because I think it's not your responsibility to... She doesn't have to date someone that you like, but it's also not your responsibility to tolerate or take someone saying rude shit to you for the sake of your friend. Like, you... Like, I... If it was me... And this happens when you're all on a double date together because she's constantly insisting it. And he says something rude. Like, I would say something to that. Mm -hmm. And I would, because she might not care, which sucks. But I think you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Right now, I think you're giving her a little too much of the benefit of the doubt. Because either you're shielding her from how he treats other people or she sees how he treats other people and she's okay with it. Right. So it's like at that point, it's like, are your values still adding up? Is this something like if she's going to be with him and you don't like him, is this something that you can look past? Because if not, then I don't as long as she's with him, I just don't think that this friendship continues. If he's treating her like a queen and then treating everybody else like shit, it's like that's not fair to everyone. And she knows, like she sees mm -hmm. that. So sometimes the people we date bring out the best in us and they can also bring out the worst in us. And I think that if she wasn't so insistent on <laughs> merging your friendship into a couple's friendship, I think that you could get away with maintaining the current friendship you and her had and like have had for years, I think you could have gotten away with trying to maintain that for a little while longer, maybe until, I don't know if they like, if they're like wanting, if they get, end up getting into that like suburban life and they're like, oh, minivan, maybe kids, maybe not kids, but like we have like a barbecue with like friend, like all, all the couple friends. Like sometimes like once you get to be like a, a adult adult, you really only hang out in those kinds of group settings. 
But I think her trying to like desperately include, make this a (laughs) foursome constantly, that is not going to happen for you. And like, you're not cool with that. So I would probably just do it. Let him probably, I would probably be petty and like pick a situation where I know I've seen him be belittling and rude. And I would put us in that situation and then I would call him out on it and I would see her reaction for that. And I think then I would take the steps of like, do I want to have some space from this relationship? Do I need this to be a conversation or is it like a moment that's like teaching and learning? Because I will also say you cannot like someone's partner a lot and then get to know them better and you end up liking them more. But that has to be a desired effort on both sides. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, a, it sucks, but like it truly is a make or break thing. It really is. Like it's like, it's, you will have friends and then they start dating someone and then you realize like, oh wow, all of like those little like flaws that you have are like things that I don't think are your best qualities. I didn't realize that like, that's what you tr- like thought was like the core and the true you. And so then you're dating someone who matches and mirrors and amplifies all of those. And you're like, those are the worst things about you. Like, what? What do you mean? And it's like, okay, well, that friendship's done then. And like, it sucks, but like, it's so fucking common. Yeah. I, I think it's more common like in friends that like I've been, I'm friends with and like, and then they get a partner. But like, usually if they're, somebody that's been in a partnership then i then it's like they've been with the person yeah. for years then it's like it fine. Change i think them. at the yeah at this at this point i don't think i have any friends that i just don't like their partners like i'm friends also with their partners yeah i'm not friends with any any of these people anymore. <laughs> yeah, but we're also in different age groups yeah. you know like yeah. you're barely still in your 20s and I've been out of my 20s for a while so (laughs) but also like at this point like I don't think I would be become friends with someone and then find out I hate their partner right like it is a reflection of you and so Uh it it really you're right it only really does happen for like your childhood friends or people who you know and you see them see them grow through this Mm -hmm. but it's unfortunate yeah my condolences <laughs> no, truly, my condolences. Like it's fucking sucks. Sorrow, sorrows, prayers. If you watched Queen Charlotte, then you get it. Anyway, well, that's all. Woo! We hope you all enjoyed. As always, um, give us a call, leave us a voicemail or a voice memo, and we can give you advice on our upcoming episodes. And if you are a caller from one of these episodes and you would like to give us an update or some clarification, call us again or shoot us an email. We can schedule uh, to, to, to hop on a Zoom. Or if you're like, mm, please no, uh, don't talk. I don't want you to see me. I don't want you to ask me direct questions. I'll just answer your questions. That also works too. We have an email and a phone number. You can do both of those things. Or if you're not even from this episode, but you'd like to give us an update, we appreciate it wholeheartedly. If you'd also like to participate and don't blame them, we didn't have one for this episode, but that's when y'all listeners call in with your own advice. If you're like an expert or if you just have thoughts and feelings that you'd like to share, then feel free to call in. And leave a review. Follow us on all of our socials. Tell us how wonderful and amazing and great we are. If you work at a company that sponsors podcasts, be like, hey, I know these girls who are like, so fucking good at what they do like we should give them some money and to that we would say we'll take it thank you yeah but we appreciate y'all for being here with us thank you thank you for being here today and uh that's it okay goodbye don't blame me is a production by me megan rinks And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production sound and editing by Coco Lorenz. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. And music by Giacomo Picasso and Ryan Hunter.